Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. I love Big Connect. Nah, nah, it's, it's Crypto Clanks. Back at it again. Episode four. Episode. Look oh, at us go. We're at four episodes. I didn't think we'd make it past. I know. One. I didn't think we'd make it past one. I'm Jacob. I'm Landon. And here we are with a little slice of crypto controversies, brought to you today by the Venezuelan president Maduro. <laughs> Um, Carlos, what did he say his name was? Matos? Mm-hmm. From the good old BitConnect ICO scam. And those fees that make you a little crypto cranky. That was so good. <laughs> crypto cranky? <laughs> oh, man, you never told me about All right, that. hey, everyone, that was our podcast today. <laughs> that, have a, have a we, wonderful day. We're not getting better than that. <laughs> <laughs> we are officially retiring with uh, how many views on YouTube? Three oh, views on YouTube. There we go. Uh, so Landon, that means it's me, you, and somebody else. I know somebody else. It was probably that guy who commented. Who? Thank you, by the way. We appreciate your comments. We're gonna keep doing what we're doing, even though we face a great wall of silence sometimes. Oh, AKA the fireplace you know to the, the right. You know how depressing that was. The great wall of silence. <laughs> the okay. great wall of so silence. yeah, like like Jacob said, we're gonna be talking about crypto controversies today. So like things that may have uh, put a, a dark light onto uh, cryptocurrency in general. Uh, as an example, uh, BitConnect is probably the worst thing that's oh, happened in cryptocurrency. Uh, easily. I know we kind of touched on some of them last time with like the whole, like um, the DAO hack on the Ethereum network. We, but like this is like when people typically, and like Silk Road, like we all, you always have to bring up Silk Road. But like I, I, I would say in the cryptocurrency, if you know cryptocurrency, you know BitConnect. Yes. Everybody knows the memes. It's the most famous meme of, you know. Oh, of cryptocurrency yeah. ever, yeah. So I'm going to talk about BitConnect a little bit. Do it. So it started in 2016, and to put it, I'm going to put it lightly and do say it. it was a Ponzi scheme. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. <laughs> so what what a Ponzi scheme is, is you pretty much, you promise early investors high amounts of return, and you use the newer investors as that return. So as long as the investment keeps going, it seems like it's still working, even though you're not actually making any money. So as long as there's more people, you keep seemingly make a profit. So what happened is, so in, in about two years, it skyrocketed. It was I, it was probably, what, the second or third biggest cryptocurrency in I mean, it, uh, it was it probably was one of the biggest ones. I mean, what did you, you one of your it, it went up prices? To two, it went up to two billion dollars. So what happened market was market cap, yeah. And th- so it kind of came out as a Ponzi scheme in uh, twenty eighteen. Uh, so on November seventh of twenty seventeen, uh, the UK issued a notice of like they kind of noticed something was going wrong. They they the UK uh, I think it's like the UK board of Investment. I, I'm going to get that wrong, but they pretty much issued a notice saying, "Hey, we think this is a little shady. Give us an give us proof of that you're making money." Mm-hmm. And they didn't. And then in so it would probably be like the UK's version of like the Securities and Exchange exactly, Commission. Yeah. yeah. So in January 3rd, the Texas uh, Securities Board, I think, uh, yeah, the Texas Securities Board, the State Securities Board said, "Hey, this is a cease and desist." We kind of know you're a Ponzi scheme. We need you mm. to stop because pretty much what happens with a Ponzi scheme is 
the investors can take the people that made it can take all that money and get out, mm. which is what they did. So in tw- Ex- uh, exit scheme, yeah. And in January seventeenth, uh, BitConnect closed down. They they closed down, and all the money was gone. And it in six hours, BitConnect went from three hundred and thirty one dollars per coin to twenty one. It went from a two billion dollar market cap to one hundred and thirty million. Some people probably lost. This is this was their version of the two thousand eight crash. Two thousand eight crash. I'm also thinking whenever you talk Ponzi scheme or pyramid scheme, you think Bernie Madoff, Enron. You know, these are people who had like life. Even like dude, and celebrities were caught mm-hmm. up in like the Bernie Madoff thing. So you can only imagine there was probably like people who had put retirement into this or like jumped people, on. People it. were really putting their like lives on your this. uncle Ron. You know, who goes at, at family Christmas goes. Yeah. dude, I just invested. Everything I have, man, I just rolled over my pension into this place. Took out another mortgage in my house. BitConnect, man, it's the future. I actually sold my child. <laughs> and then and then it was just over. Oh, by the way, did you notice it crashed to $2,000 again? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, uh, there was an arrest. There's this guy in India. His name is Devyesh Darji. I'm going to pronounce that wrong. But uh, he was uh, in India, and he did get arrested. He wasn't a founder, but he was a leader in BitConnect. And the reason BitConnect's brought up a lot was because of the meme. Oh yeah, Carlos the meme, and and he owns it too. Like he, he's still like, I wouldn't maybe not profiting is the right word, but he's like he's socially profiting. Yeah, from so, so there was a uh, a little like it's it's like a BitConnect. It will, it's like a BitConnect. What what a panel? It's a panel at a convention, and Carlos he doesn't. He's just. He's just a guy that believed in Bit- BitConnect. Yeah, there's there's no record of him being an official sales lead or sales assistant. Nothing. He was nothing. just pumped to make all this money. <laughs> he and was there. Man, isn't that sad? Because oh like you're, you're so happy to make all this money, and it just crashes beneath you. I don't want to know how much money he lost. Uh, if he was no, that excited, he must have thought he was making a lot of money. But that's where the meme comes out of BitConnect. I love BitConnect. All the remixes, my favorite ones are the, you know, like the dance remixes. Those like. are great. I love those. <laughs> so that's BitConnect. Jacob, what do you want to talk about? Um, I would like to highlight something a little more recent um, with, but still kind of in that same vein of a, a scam, if you will, when you really boil it down. Oh, I will. Um, <laughs> oh, I will boil it down. I'm going to get a little closer because I feel like I'm I'm so far from everyone. Um, so... We're going to talk about the wonderful South American nation known as Venezuela and her president, President Maduro, um, who, after Hugo Chavez passes away, he is named, you know, basically the next Hugo Chavez and, you know, initiates, I think if you read, if you study up on the news, you know, the whole presidential crisis, Um, you know, you have another man claiming to be president, the National Assembly backs him maduro's basically just says no i'm i'm in charge and i'm gonna keep it that way so there's this power struggle but amidst that power struggle maduro comes out and says the venezuelan government is going to issue its own cryptocurrency oh hey and yeah so all of us like cryptocurrency yeah that's our first reaction we go we go maduro (laughs) you know we get super excited but then we realize that um you start digging into the specifics of it, and you're kind of like, ah, is this really a cryptocurrency? Is this kind of like a Facebook Libra? Is this kind of like a um, a Chinese digital national currency? Is this mm-hmm. is it something a little more controlled, or is it like true blockchain? 
And so um, it is called the Petro. It was announced in uh, February They should have called it the Maduro. They should have just called it the I mean, that's essentially what it is. God, man, I would have put my life savings in that. I mean, it's got it's got to have his face on it, you know. I mean, his face is probably better than... I'm not saying, like, I condone anything this man does. But, like, I'm saying... <laughs> it his, really sounds like you are. <laughs> his face on a coin would probably be a little better than just, like, a barrel of oil on a coin. You know what I mean? Because that's what it is. It's backed by... Well, that's by, pretty metal, too, though. That's metal. I mean... Like, let's just show let's just show the, the people what we are <laughs> the oil hungry people and so he announces the petro it is venezuela's very own cryptocurrency jumping on hard on that cryptocurrency thing you got to understand this is a nation strapped by sanctions economic sanctions like and i mean rioting there's poverty rampant poverty the country doesn't look very good right now. yeah so they're doing i mean maduro in, in his defense if i i would never defend a dictator a ruthless dictator but from his perspective, you got to think, okay, he's probably thinking, you know, this is a way, one, probably to consolidate my power, two, to find a way around these sanctions. And a lot of, you, you see this in a lot of um, nations with sanctions, they're using cryptocurrency to get around these sanctions. So Maduro issues the Petro. I think it's also kind of a thing of uh, so many countries are kind of iffy right now on cryptocurrencies, mm. and it could be good or bad. We think it's going to be good, and if it does turn out being good, then they're a first mover. Then they're the they're the, the first mover, yeah. and that really gives them a, a, a nice hold, like a nice grasp. Oh yeah, to, uh, the the future. And so Maduro says the Petro is backed by um, five million barrels of oil that has been allocated. Um, the Petro each Petro is worth, according to. My wonderful article here on Coin Tele or sorry Al Jazeera. I was trying to find a uh, you know a nonpartisan news source here. Um, every Petro is backed by one barrel of oil, and so therefore it'll be sold. Whatever the whatever a barrel of oil is selling for, that is what the Petro is. So really, when oh. we're talking about stable coins or like a reserve currency. You're really starting, and this is one of the main reasons I want to talk about this today, just even briefly, is you're starting to see people hunger for that reserve currency again. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about that. You know, all of our currency used to be backed by gold or some sort of precious metal or something. Mm-hmm. And so you're starting to see this once once more. And so... Why do you think that is? Why do you think people are, are so hungry for that reserve coin again? I think they're starting to realize that um, a, a, a paper, a piece of paper that says backed by the full faith and credit of this such and such government isn't actually worth anything when... They can see the amount of issues mm-hmm. w- with said government. Mm-hmm. Um, not to point any fingers or anything, but like, so, in in a nation such as this, again, I mean, these people are hungry for anything to be able to mm-hmm. get a hold of some sort of wealth, probably. Yeah. Um, and so, um, like I said, it's backed by oil reserves. Um, it launched with a in U- United States dollars, seven hundred thirty-five million U.S. dollars worth of. Um, Petro in its first pre-sale day because it's a pre-mined hmm. cryptocurrency, which this is where you get into. Is it really a cryptocurrency? Is it more of a token? Is it just somebody with a book, in, you know, with a with a book in a in a little government office in Venezuela is going okay? They they get this this much Petro. They, they get this, this much. Many, yeah. And so uh, I don't I don't really know. Uh, most people around the world have you know uh, uh, issued orders against it. You know, our people aren't allowed to transact in that i'm um, the only nation according to my news sources that's actually interacting with venezuela with this petrocurrency is brazil which is its next door neighbor um but even then brazil the government of brazil hasn't come out and made a public statement on it yet so is there a statement on what's going to happen to their their fiat money 
Uh, well, see, and that's the thing is, Maduro made it explicitly clear that you could trade the Boulevard Fuerte, which is Venezuela's national currency, you could trade that for Petro and like back and forth. Huh. And so you almost kind of wonder, it, I mean, this, it really, anytime you have It's kind of weird adding, it's almost like adding another layer, like, because at that point you're not switching over, you're just adding another yeah. currency on top. It's like, really? this currency failed, we're adding another one uh-huh. to it. And, you know, who knows if, if... Maduro and his government thinks that um, the petrol will take off. Maybe you'll see the disappearance of the Boulevard Fuerte. You never know. Um, So um, controversial because this is another, like we said, this is another example of, is this really a good use of cryptocurrency? Is this an abuse of cryptocurrency? Um, However, if you go by the rule of any attention is good attention for something so young and nascent, um, Really, for cryptocurrency, this is, can kind of be a way to start the dialogue. You know, we can have these conversations of being able to say, "Hey, like this man's doing this with this. This government is doing this with it." Here's here's like we've been trying to talk about, like when we talked about Silk Road. You know, yeah. Here's the original purpose of this currency, of this idea, of this concept, of this technology. Um, this is probably an extreme use case, um, maybe an abuse use case here. Um, you know, this is what it really is. The real problem with cryptocurrency and abuse is since it's it's dictated by online presence, and online presence is that new scam. You don't get really you don't get scammed like you, all the scams nowadays are online. Oh, That's yeah. how your wallet gets stolen, your ID. It's all email by phishing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I, I know someone who their workplace they have a shared workplace email, and it got an email in it. Very poor, like, grammar. You can tell it was probably somebody using, like, Google Translate. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming probably a, a no, like, disrespect, but someone who had poor English um, trying to communicate via email. They claimed that they had hacked into the, to the work email mm-hmm. and that they had very sensitive, scandalous photos and, like... Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, very nice. clearly a scam. And they only wanted 0.1 Bitcoin. So, at the time, it was, like, 900 bucks. And I'm like, I told this person, I said... Um, that's probably a scam considering they don't want like 30,000 and they're not like threatening to delete your, everything on your computer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you get these scams. This is, this is, uh, this is the now, this is the new snake oil, you know what yeah. I mean? Or not snake oil, you know, but this is the new con man. Um, I mean, another country, let, let me talk about something that's dear and personal to me is these fees. Yes. These, these, let us wrap everything back around to something that will affect you every day of your life when you are trying to work in the cryptosphere. So let's talk about, so some of you may have seen, some of you may have not seen. I've never seen one in real life, but I've read a lot about them. And I've, I've, I've seen pictures of them about these like Bitcoin ATMs. Yes. Where, and even, <clears throat> not even necessarily ATMs, but maybe even Coinbase or online trading exchanges, exchanges yes. that you, you can buy cryptocurrencies on. These fees are being, they're just outrageous. Yes, they can be. Um, I was trying to weigh my options when I first got into the crypto space. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there is several local ATMs, Bitcoin ATMs. Surprisingly in my area, I was not I was not expecting it at all. I you know, I'm like I don't live near a super super huge, you know, I don't live, you know, in the birthplace of it or yeah, or like Los Angeles, you know. So, it's this you know, you know, going kind of down the rabbit hole researching my options bitcoin atms came up of course you know of i mean 
I think everyone really, if you're smart, you know you're being videotaped as you transact on a Bitcoin ATM. So like, it's not like super anonymous unless you like wear a Guy Fox mask the whole time or something. But um, when you go d- digging into that it, that's really funny. Thought. <laughs> you go digging into it. Can you imagine like FBI profile? Yes, this is the only thing he was wearing was a Guy Fox mask and a black hoodie. If you have any whereabouts, black hoodie and he wore gloves, so we couldn't get his fingerprints either. <laughs> So, well, we measure the length of his finger bones. So we do know who he is. <laughs> we know exactly who he is. We have dental records. Um, so it's, uh, uh, you go and look at these fees, it's like a 10% fee. Like, so if oh. you want to buy $20 worth of Bitcoin, you're paying a $2 fee. Or I've seen some go all the way up to 15 or 20%. Oh, I, I mean, puke in my mouth. I know. You're standing at the ATM and you immediately hit cancel transaction and you walk out. And the Indian guy behind the counter goes, What? You know one Bitcoin? And I say, Hey, listen, if you didn't charge me like $30 for $30. Yeah, $30 for 30 If you didn't take all my money that I wanted in Bitcoin, then yeah. And it's it's like a it's a real sin and like a dark clause on what Bitcoin was supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, like, really, at the end of it, at the end of the day, I, I think Satoshi's vision, you know, if he's here with us or not, you know, I would like to ask Satoshi, did you project, you know, people taking it in such a way where these exchanges would pop up? Like, don't get me wrong, Coinbase, Brian Armstrong, I like what you're doing out there at Coinbase. The only issue I think that so many people have is they want it to be accessible and all these exchanges say, hey, you know, we're the easiest to use, we're the most convenient, you know, most trusted. But at the end of the day, you really, um, you start delving into it and it's it's hard to access this when, you know, and I know you're in, a, you're in the business to make money. A business is, you know, a an act to make profit you know you're trying to support you know whatever you're doing in life but mm-hmm. at the end of the day uh i think there has to be some sort of middle ground uh, you know um so just a comparison really quick um you take squares the cash company app. square cash app um versus coinbase i went ahead made profiles on both you know did all my verification because you know many verified exchanges have verification you got a you know id picture blah 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 um, which can also be another controversy, maybe for another time, who knows? But uh, you have this comparison here. Cash app, only Bitcoin, um, but you can do deposits and withdrawals. You have your own address. And then Coinbase, which is, you know, I think they're up to like 15 different assets that mm-hmm. are tradable. Yeah. And then you can you can watch a ton. I mean, there's like 50, 100 you can watch. And, you know, price graphs and everything. Uh, and so I went ahead and just plugged in $20 on both. What you know? What can I what can I get for twenty dollars? Cash App, you get the actual twenty dollars, and you only pay. I think at the time I was paying a thirty five cent fee, which with the transaction fee later, that's understandable. Like the actual network transaction fee. Once I try and take it out of the app, mm-hmm. off of that wallet, Coinbase on the other hand, um, very convenient, very easy, easy to verify your information, set up the account, and all that. Um, twenty dollars actually only gets you. Like eighteen fifty one because you pay a one dollar and forty nine cent fee, but they take that instead of adding it on top, they take it out of what you pay. So if you want actually want twenty dollars worth of Bitcoin, you actually would have to pay twenty one forty nine, twenty one dollars forty nine USD to be able to actually get twenty dollars. And so it's, I mean, like I said, it's like a what? That's like a four times fee, three mm-hmm. times fee almost. I mean. Which, you know, when you're trying to access something that you think is the future, it, it can be frustrating, it can be difficult. And it can be really be, it can uh, kind of give you a, a, 
Maybe, especially if you're like, you're first getting into it and get you a bad look. A, a bad look and maybe really discourage you. And, um, but yet you have many, many exchanges. You have, um, so this term keeps popping up in the news, in crypto news, DeFi, mm-hmm. D-E-F-I, decentralized finance. You have so many of these decentralized apps that are popping up on the, like Ethereum network and Tron network where it is, I mean, it, it is like, a, it is truly a peer to peer exchange. Um, and even you have places like compound coming out, um, which is a decentralized finance kind of, uh, concept and it, you can earn interest on crypto. Like right now, I think I just checked the rate. It was like for USD coin, which remember is that stable coin pegged to the US dollar. You can earn like 4.55% interest right now. Obviously that, yeah. a lot of fluctuates with hey, supply hey, and demand. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Not 60%. I didn't say yeah. 60% interest. <laughs> Um, so fees can be extremely annoying. I would really enjoy in another episode going in through like doing just like a straight comparison of like however many exchanges we can get signed up on. And then the and fees then, for all of them. And then just the fees for all of them. Just plug in, Hey, we want 20 bucks. Cause I'm thinking I'm a, I'm a normal everyday person, $20 at a time. If I'm just, if, if I'm just hodling yeah, or that's, 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 I think, I feel like that's the. Because not everybody is dumping thousands and oh, like, yeah. entire we're paychecks not, into crypto. Yeah, we're not institutional investors or traders. You know, I'm not managing. You know, the crypto funds of you know a thousand people. Not I'm yet. just not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> crypto cranks the hedge fund. We're gonna be like the uh, the guy from the Big Short. Oh we yes. Gotta saw the uh, the crash coming. And then but we'll we're, see the big the big crypto rise. Yeah, we're gonna see the the crypto rush. But so. Um, you know, go ahead, put comments down, shoot us uh, email, tweet at us, whatever you have. What are your What are your favorite controversies to talk about? What are the ones that really just grind your gears? I mean, we want to talk about these things, and uh, I mean, one because I like to talk about controversial things. Henceforth, why we have that? Henceforth, that's not even the right word. Oh my gosh, it's time to stop. So anyway, Landon, all hearts clear or? Oh, I feel great. He feels great. I, I feel great talking about this. I really, I'm interested in talking about more, like, I, I think it's really important to talk about these bad things with crypto because then like you get them out of the way. You, you mm-hmm. like, what's wrong with this? What happened? How can we not repeat this? Oh, absolutely. And how can we stop people that want to repeat it? How can we stop these Ponzi schemes from popping back up? Mm. Which of course will never happen, but we can try. We, it's a very, very, it's a very valiant effort. Yeah. That's probably not a word you should say on the air. Valiant. That's like begging for like a little, little, little. Okay. Anyway, I'm Jacob. I'm Landon. This has been episode four of Crypto Cranks. Thanks for listening.